so grateful and thankful for our children. Don't give up on our children. We have to continue to teach them the ways of God so that when they are old, they will not depart. Amen? Just a few announcements. Uh, on Monday, there's Midrash at 2 p.m. There's also Matthew 25 lunch. On Wednesday, we'll have 6.30 Bible study. On this Friday, there'll be an all-night prayer service from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. There will also be a couple's night out with Cornerstone on Friday, March the 18th from 6.30 to 9. There's flyers on the tables now. And then the last Saturday of this month, there'll be a men's huddle breakfast at 9 a.m. from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. All right. Now it's time for the Word of God. Now it's time that faith comes to us by hearing the Word of God. Now it's time that lives will be forever changed. Now it's time that we will have the momentum of the Holy Spirit that we need to empower us to inherit the kingdom of God. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come to you now as humbly as we can, and we ask now that you would forgive us of all of our sins and trespasses. We are in a great need of you. We need you more than we even realize. My prayer, God, is that as this word goes forward, that we would go forward, that we would receive it as truth, that we would receive it as Jesus, because your word says that Jesus was the word made flesh. And now, God, our aim is to become members of the body of Christ, God, where we do not glorify ourselves, but we glorify God together, where we are made one by the Spirit of God, understanding that we have many differences, God, but when it comes to you, you have made us all one by your Spirit. Lord, I pray that your anointing would be upon me to teach and preach this word in a way that is un understood, God, and I pray for an anointing to be upon the hearers of this word, so that they might not just be hearers, but doers as well. Lord, bless us. Holy Spirit, we need you desperately. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be in me and in them as well to make us one. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon series, we're still in We Are His Body. Today's sermon is entitled, One Body, Many Members. So we are one body, but many members. Christians aren't a group of people trying to follow the rules of Christ, but rather those who are truly ruled by Christ. He is the head, and those who have surrendered their lives together form his body. I'll say that again. Christians aren't a group of people trying to follow the rules of Christ, but rather those who are truly ruled by Christ. He is the head, and those who have surrendered their lives together form his body. So how do you become a member of the body of Christ? Because you can, be, uh, you can go to church and you can do religious things uh, for 40 years and never be a member of the body of Christ because coming in this building doesn't make you a member of the body of Christ, okay? It might include you in the fellowship of this ministry, but it doesn't mean that you're truly a member of the body of Christ. So the way that we do that is how Jesus explained. Let's go to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And he tells us here that you must be born again. 
So it's not through trying your best to live a good life. It's not by uh, giving all your money to the poor or even giving your body to be beaten. Uh, None of those things make you a member of the body of Christ. You must be born again. John 3 verses 1 through 6 say this. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So we know that Adam needed Eve to conceive more human lives. You see, no one is born spiritual. No one is born, born again. Uh, My father and my mother were both born again when they conceived me, but still they gave birth to sinners. They gave birth to a sinner named Damien in 1977. It doesn't matter that two righteous people had a baby. All that matters is that baby at some point had to be born again to be a member of the body of Christ. I was born a Tibbs, but being a born a Tibbs did not save me. The only thing that saves you and makes you a member of the body of Christ is you must be born again. There is no other way to the kingdom of God. There is no way into the body of Christ except we be born again. You see, again, Adam needed Eve to conceive more human lives. However, God could only use himself to produce a new race of humans with spiritual life. You see, the Holy Spirit, we're told, came upon Mary. And Matthew chapter 1, 18 says this, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that means that we also must be born by the power of the Holy Spirit to have the nature of the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ. Being born does not get you into the kingdom of God. I know the world says that we are all children of God, but that is a lie. We are not all children of God. We are all the creation of God, but we're not all the children of God. In order to become a child of God, you must be born the same way Jesus was. Jesus was born by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you are born again, you are born by the power of the Holy Spirit. No man can be born again unless the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon him with faith to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we are a whole new race of people. Once you begin to believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become 
become a part of the body of Christ. You no, you no longer own your body because when you owned your body, it was used for sin. When you owned your body, it was used for wickedness. It was used for lying. It was used for cursing. It was used for premarital activity. Uh, that's the best way I can say that right now. It was used for many, many things other than for Christ. The body that belongs to Christ only behaves after the pattern of Christ. You see, before I became a Christian, my mind controlled this body, and that's why this body sinned. But when you become a Christian and a, a part of the body of Christ, you no longer are controlled by this mind. You now have the mind of Christ. You see, uh, that's why it's not going to cut it to just be religious people and think that we're going to make it to heaven. Because many people can do religious activities, but you must be born by the power of the Holy Spirit in order to truly be a member of the body of Christ. Remember, we must separate ourselves from the Adam nature, the sin nature. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we're born again, we become a new creature in Christ. That is when we are able to truly say, I am a Christian. I am one in which Christ lives in. He controls this body. You see, that's why there's so much conflict sometimes in believers. When your soul is in more control than the new spirit Christ gives us, that's why there's so much conflict. That's why we can still cuss people out and still use uh, drugs and alcohol and still do the things that the body wants. You've got to cut off the power of the body. You've got to cut off the power of the soul. And the only way to do that is to be born again. Because when you are born again, the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, you share in that death. So now you get to share in his life as well. And we become just as holy as Jesus Christ himself. I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. Because some of you think that's blasphemy. You think that's not true. When you become born again by the Spirit, you become just as holy and just as righteous as Jesus. We'll say, well, can you prove that to me? Yes. By whose righteousness were you made righteous? Jesus. He was the perfect one. He was a sinless one. And he died for our sins so that, we must, so that we might obtain his righteousness. Brothers and sisters, the only thing that gets us in trouble ever, the only reason we ever sin is because our souls rise up and begin to do what they want to do again. That's the only way you will ever sin. Because the Bible says that uh, those who are born of God do not sin. So there's a part of me that can never sin. And that's the new part of me. I hope you're catching this. There's a part of me that can never sin. And that's the spirit that Jesus Christ has put in me. The part of me that's always guilty of every, every sin I ever commit is the soulish part of me. My mind, my will, my emotions separated from the new spirit that Christ has given me. I'm sorry, the new spirit that Christ has given us. Because we all share the same spirit, and it's Jesus Christ. We have different souls, but we share the same spirit. Let's continue. Jesus Christ, the life-giving spirit. That's perfect the way that was put into the sermon to come next. Let's go to John 14, chapter 6. 
John 14, chapter 6, Jesus Christ, the life-giving spirit. I thank God for Jesus. And I think some, sometimes we need to, uh, that's why it's so important to read the Bible so that we can unpack all that we've become and all that he has for us, uh, Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says this, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come, can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the way. How is he the way? He is God's chosen method in which we might be saved by grace through faith in him. I just had a quick vision of just the end of the world and all of us being gone and this church just being empty. And, and, and just everything, according to the Bible, has already happened. And there's no more preaching. There's no more teaching. There's no more chances. It's all over. Uh, and I think the reason I saw that is because that you sitting here have to understand right now that you're living in grace. It's only God's grace that you're still alive and able to even hear this message right now. So you have to conform your way. You've got to put down your way and say, because Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So we are blessed to be able to hear messages like this because one day we won't be here. One day these bodies will die and these souls will either go with Jesus or away from Jesus. So you are so blessed to be alive right now to be able to make the decision whether you will make heaven or hell your home. The only way to make heaven your home is that you must be born again. The only way to make heaven your home is through Jesus who says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. How is Jesus the truth? Because he is the true word of God made in the flesh. How is Jesus the life? Because he is the giver of spiritual life. And by sharing in his death, we can share in his life. So we all know for the most part that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But that's not it. Because he died on the cross for our sins, now we have life in him everlasting. That's why he died for our sins, so that those who would believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So he put his life in us. We're in John 14.6, now we're going over to 1 Corinthians 15 and 45, and it says this, the scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person or a soul, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. Can you say this with me? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. is a life-giving life spirit. spirit. Let's get that straight, okay? Because God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And Jesus Christ is a life-giving spirit. Now, Adam could only produce more souls. Adam and Eve came together. They produced more souls. But every soul that sins shall die, and every soul did sin. 
So every soul is marked for death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, all right? But the gift of God is eternal life. How do we receive the gift of God, which is eternal life? By believing on Jesus Christ. This is good news. By believing on Jesus Christ, the life-giving spirit, we can live forever. Say this with me again. Jesus Christ is a life-giving spirit. Ha! You see, these... He is life and we can never die because Jesus Christ is our Lord and our Savior and he is a life-giving spirit. So he was not just Mary's baby. He was not just a carpenter. He was not just one that walked on water. He came to be a life-giving spirit because Adam could only give souls that died. Remember, uh, the day that you eat of the fruit of this tree, you shall die die. So every soul born from Adam would be born into sin and die. But that's why they call Jesus Christ the second Adam, because Adam was a life-giving soul, but Jesus Christ was a life-giving spirit. So those that believe on him and become part of his body will share a spirit with him. Amen. This is so important. That you must understand to be born again is to share the life of Christ within. That's why death has no power over us. When you're born again, you should not be afraid to die. I'm not saying that you just want to die like, hmm, maybe I'll die tomorrow. All right. I'm not saying that you just want to die, but I'm saying that you don't fear death. Because you have eternal life because you have believed on the second Adam, which is a life-giving spirit. Amen? Every soul that sins will die unless that soul has become born again and receives the spirit of Jesus Christ within them. So when we were born again, we didn't get new bodies, did we? All right? No matter the day you got saved... And you went to look in the mirror, you saw the same body. All right? I wish we got different bodies, but not yet. We will, but not yet, okay? When we were born again, we didn't get new bodies, but we got a new spirit. All of us, the same spirit, his spirit. This is why, the reason why Christians can be depressed and discouraged and disgruntled and upset and angry is because sometimes Christians live from their soul. Sometimes Christians are too soulish and not enough spiritual. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is no depression in the spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is no, there is no uh, being disgruntled or angry uh, at, at a human level in the spirit. Joy is spiritual. Peace is spiritual. When you live from your soul, then you are affected by everything in this natural environment. But when you live from your spirit, you get all the blessings of God. That is why it's so important that if you're born again, you got to live like you're born again. You've got to put to death this old man. Stop living for your own joy and living for your own happiness. And you begin to share in the life of Christ. Okay, because the joy of the Lord is 
our strength. Amen. I think we need to pray something. Put your right hand on your heart for me. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, please deliver me from being soulish, from being led by my own mind, my own will, and my own emotions. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that 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 part of me was crucified with Christ on Calvary. I am no longer the same. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I will live by the Spirit and not by the soul. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise for that. Listen to me. All your trouble comes from your soul. Your soul is saved, but that's it. You got to live by the spirit. You don't get a new soul. You get a new spirit. All your trouble comes from your soulish ways, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Romans 8.16 says this. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Those of you uh, who don't have the app, you really need to get the app because these notes are in the app. So you go to your app store and you uh, search for New Life Lima and then you download our app and you go to the current series, and everything I'm reading is there for you to study all week long. It can be your devotional all week long. Listen, I don't buy my sermons online. I don't ask uh, other pastors, hey, can you email me whatever you're preaching today, all right? I truly go to God for a word. Every time I preach, it's what God has told me. So if he's telling me this, he's telling it for you, So you need to be able to access it because you're saying, Lord, why don't you speak to me? He's speaking to you right now, okay? So you need to go in and study it. This is not just for church. It's for you to have life, all right? Romans 8, 16 says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. All right, so the message title is One Body, Many Members. And we're going to learn how a body for a body. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Whatever you want to plant, you got to plant that seed for it. So if I want tomatoes, I got to plant tomato seeds. If I want uh, apples, got to have an apple tree. Everything comes from the seed. Everything comes from the seed, okay? Everything is produced after its own kind, all right? In Hebrews 10, 10, we find out how Jesus got a body, how Jesus would obtain a body on earth after he went to heaven. He was looking to have a body here, a body that would remain on this earth to serve him. So in order to get a body, he had to plan a body. We're in Hebrews 10, 10, and it says this, for God's will was made for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. So this means that we reap what we sow. 
Christ came and sold his body to reap a greater body. We are the spiritual harvest from the seed that was planted in a tomb for three days. We are the body of Christ. He desired to have another body, so he had to plant a body. He desired a, a righteous body, so he had to plant a sinful body. Man, that's good. All the sins of the world were planted on his body. And so if he wanted to raise up a righteous body, he had to plant his own body for three days in a tomb. And once he raised up from the grave by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was given all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And everyone that will believe on him will become a part or extension of his body. And we are a loved and a chosen body. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It says this, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Verse 23 again, and the church is his body. So the church does not belong to the Catholics. The church does not belong to the Protestants. The church does not belong to the Baptists, to the Presbyterians, to those, to the Mormons. The church does not belong to anybody but Christ. The body says that the church is his body. Man came along and made all those denominations. That was not Jesus at all, okay? Because a body, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And all these churches are just a kingdom divided against themselves. They don't talk to each other. They don't, for the most part, uh, they don't associate with each other. None of that. So how can they be the body? My arm just can't say, you know what? I'm leaving. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. I'm, I'm gone. That, that, if you're part of this body, you're connected to me. So the church is his body. All right. You as individuals, you do not belong to New Life Christian Ministries. You do not belong to Pastor Tibbs. We all belong to Christ and he is the head of his body. So Christ alone, not apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors or teachers are the head of the church. The church is his body. Those others, the fivefold ministry gifts, they equip, but we are only made full and complete by Christ alone. Let's go now to Ephesians chapter one. We're learning about his loved and chosen body, and that's who we are. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one, verses three through five. And it says this, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. I hope you caught that. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Verse 5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. All right, I want you to say this over yourselves. Because I am, because I am united, with Christ, united with Christ, 
I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. We're going to say it again, but that needs to marinate for a second. Because some of you don't even realize how blessed you are. You think your bank account tells you how blessed you are. Or you think the clothes in the closet or the house or the job or the wife or the family shows you how blessed you are. But no, your blessings are supernatural. It's not really a blessing unless, unless it lasts forever. Because a lot of debt, a lot of uh, wealthy people die. Are they blessed anymore? Nope, just dead, right? So it's not a real blessing unless it lasts forever, all right? Say this with me again. Because I am united with Christ, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. See, you can't log on to your bank account and see blessings in the heavenly realms. You can't see the blessings in the heavenly realms. The the stock market doesn't show you your blessings in the heavenly realms. I wasn't even feeling good yesterday, but my body, okay, my body wasn't strong yesterday, didn't feel good yesterday, but however, that has nothing to do with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Amen? That's why the Bible says that we should store our treasures in heaven and not on the earth, right? I have, we are, you, have, you don't have no idea how rich you are because you have become united with Christ. That is our wealth. Our wealth is Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. And that is why we are told he shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glories, right? You are always blessed. My bank account has never told me how blessed I was. And that's good news for some of us, right? It's not an indicator of my blessings because Jesus takes care of me, right? Amen. All right. So every supernatural thing we saw Christ do in his body on earth can now be performed by the members of his body on earth. As long as his mind wills it, his body can do it. So listen to this body of Christ on earth. Remember when Jesus was here as we read in the gospel. So everything we saw the Holy Spirit perform through Jesus Christ on earth when he was here in bodily form, he's gone now. But guess what he did? He sent his Holy Spirit back to earth to be in these bodies now. So everything that we saw Jesus do in his body, aren't we the body of Christ now? So we can do everything we saw him do as long as it's according to his will and we have the faith to perform it. I hope you get this because this is why the church is so weak right now. We, church is not a history class. We don't come here to, to learn about what God used to do or what Jesus used to do. This is not a history class. Jesus is alive and well. He's not buried anywhere on this earth. And his Holy Spirit now lives in us. And we were not made members of the body of Christ just for one day a week. You were not made members of the body of Christ just to come in and listen to me and sing songs. You were made members of the body of Christ that you might have the same impact that he had when he was here. That you could lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you believe that? So my question is this. What has the body of Christ been up to? 
What have you been up to? If you are the body of Christ, we should see some evidence. Everything we saw Jesus do, you should be able to do because he still wants to do it. Why? For the glory of his father. You are not just weak Christians who come to a building to hear history lessons about the Bible. You are where God has chosen to live by his spirit. And you will encounter people who are sick and dying and on their way to hell, just like Jesus did. And Jesus did not leave them in that condition. So why do we? Because we're too soulish. We care only about ourselves, only about our mind, our will, our emotions. I'm going to stay out of their business. I, 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 I. But it's no longer I, but Christ. And it's no longer me, but we. This is what connects us to Christ. And this is how we make an impact. Now, listen, whether you think the Canadian truckers are doing the right thing or not, I'll tell you what, they are united. And the world is paying attention because they are united. One truck would not have made a lot of difference there. Two trucks, not a lot of difference. But when they came together for one common purpose, do you not understand the power of that? Do you not know that God had to leave heaven and come to earth because he saw men trying to build a tower up to heaven? And he said, whatever they put their mind to, they can do. So God came down and confused their language. But now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we all have the same language and we all have the same heart. And that's the heart of Jesus Christ himself. First Corinthians now. Oh, I'm sorry. We've all been adopted. Every single part of the body of Christ is an ex-sinner except our head. Isn't that wild? That every part of the body of Christ is an ex-sinner except the head. Jesus Christ was the only sinless one. The entirety of the rest of his body is made out of ex-sinners. You guys act like I'm lying or something. Uh, (laughs) It's the truth. Every single one of us is an ex-sinner, right? And and honestly, we're not all ex-sinners because we still keep sinning, right? But he's gracious to forgive us of our sins, right, if we ask, okay? So we've all been adopted. None of us were worthy, but we've all been adopted. Every single one of us was an ex-sinner in the body of Christ except his head. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Got to speed up now. First Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 through 31. We're talking about a loved and chosen body. Say this with me. I am loved and chosen. We're in first Corinthians chapter one, verses 26 through 31. Listen to this. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, okay, so listen to this. NFL draft pick, NBA draft pick, they pick the best of the best, right? But that's not how God does it, because listen to this. All right, so if God were uh, an NBA owner, okay, and it was time for the draft pick, all right, all the other teams would pick from the best players in the world. 
But God, God would say, okay, I don't want to pick from the best players in the world uh, during the draft pick. Bring me, bring me the custodian. Bring me the chef. Bring me the guy that cuts the grass. Bring me the secretary. Bring me all these people that never played basketball a day in their life. That's who God is choosing on his team. Everybody else is picking the tallest and the strongest and the biggest and the fastest and the best shooters, but not God. He's picking people that never even played the game before for his NBA team. Why does he do this? Because when his team plays a professional team and beats them, they will say, oh, my goodness, this, there must be a God. These people are professional. They were the best of the best among the earth, but these people were the, the lowly ones. Listen to this. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world Things counted as nothing at all and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, only boast about the Lord. So what does this mean to us? God chose the foolish and powerless among us to shame the wise and powerful. So never assume that you have to be something when God wants to use you. He will equip those he calls. Listen, I am a college dropout, okay? And I didn't even drop out the right way. I just left campus just left. A fool, right? Thought partying and girls were more important than books and, and a degree, and my foolish, soulish self was in control and just left school, just left, all right? Uh, terrible sinner, right? Uh, I did not go to seminary. I've never been to Bible. I've never taken one Bible class in my life, right? So listen to me. God doesn't call those who are ready. God doesn't call those who think that they are equipped and that they know everything. God likes to use foolish people like myself and foolish people like you. The people that others would never have chosen. Even my own father, when God told him that I was supposed to take over the church, said, boy, I don't think you're ready. So even my own dad didn't believe in me for a while. All right. Because he knew Damien. At the soulish level, he knew Damien, the fool that dropped out of school, right? But after uh, he had sat back there, right on that back pew, right there, for two weeks and, uh, and saw the Lord use me, he said, boy, that ain't you. He said, I know you. And, th and that's not you, right? Because God puts his, oh, God puts his spirit in us. So you don't, you don't just have it, you're given it, all right? You don't have wisdom, you're given wisdom. You don't have power, you're given power. And he likes to do that to the weakest among us to show the world that, you know what? All of your wisdom was useless. 
All of your power was useless compared to the ones that I will raise up as my own body. And listen to those that belong to his body, ex-prostitutes, ex-drug dealers, ex-convicts, ex-felons, ex-liars, all ex-sinners now make up the body of Christ for his glory. Amen? You ought to clap because I'm talking about you. So now we are one body with many members, okay? And this might be my last part. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27 says this. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Can you say this with me? We, We, the body of Christ, Christ. make up one one. whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. That's our conflict. We don't all share the same souls. We share the same spirit. Jim, can you come here uh, just for a minute, okay? Just for a minute. All right. So this is my friend and my brother, uh, Jim Lewis, okay? We have many differences when you look at us, okay? Many, many differences, all right? Uh, He likes uh, cowboy boots and things like that. You don't have them on today, but I don't own a pair of cowboy boots, all right? Uh, We both, he loves tacos, right? He loves tacos, but tacos would not be my first choice anywhere ever, okay? All right? I'm sorry, brother, to offend you, all right? Many differences, okay? Obviously, he's white. And uh, I'm black. Uh, He's just a tad bit older than me. He's my senior, and I love him so much. God bless you. (laughs) All right. Many differences, okay? We have different minds. We think differently. We have different wills. Okay, he, 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 he wills or desires for some things that I don't will and desire for. And we also have different mind, the, the mind, the soul is the will and the emotions. Okay, so he has different emotions than I have. He can watch something, a movie, and something might make him cry, but it might make me laugh. Okay, so at the soulish level, we are very different. And here's the po- problem with the body of Christ. You think you got to get along with people at a soulish level. You do not. You've got to love people, but your unity is not at the soulish level. Your unity is the fact that you have been saved by Jesus Christ and you've been baptized into one body and one spirit. So with all of our differences... At the soulish level, see, if we try to, ta- try to get together at the soulish level, it's just like, it ain't going to fit, right? It's not going to come together at the soulish level, all right, because we're individuals, okay? But at the spiritual level, you see, this is what makes us one. When the Christ in him gets a hold of the Christ in me, we share the same spirit, and then the spirit controls the soul, and although we have differences, I'm going to still speak to him. 
I'm going to still love him. I'm going to respect his differences. I'm going to respect his choices because this friendship is not at the soulish level. God did not ask us to be friends. He simply said, love one another, right? So that only happens. That's a spiritual exercise. Too many of you are trying to get along with people that you're too different than. You're not going to connect at a soulish level. You're only going to connect at a spiritual level because we are only one in Christ. We are only one by the Spirit, okay? Then by the Spirit, we are able to appreciate each other's differences and show the love of God. But I think many times church members are not able to get along, not able to become one because they are too soulish. I don't like her. Ooh, I don't like him. She never speaks to me. Just all this soulish stuff ruins the church because the church is spiritual. The church is his body. What would it look like for my arm to say, I don't get along with the, with the foot. Arm, can you cut the foot off? No, you fool. We need that foot, right? Let's give Taco Man a hand. Here we go. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Say this with me. All of us together are Christ's body and each of us is a part of it. Amen. Kim, you can come on up. We have to know that we are one spiritual body and one spiritual mind, okay? So, Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. And that's where we get in trouble because we can be very soulish with the rest of the world. That's why we spend too much time in social media. We spend too much time in Netflix and worldly things because we're soulish and we're giving our soul control. I'm not saying that it's not okay to do some of that stuff sometimes, but when it becomes the majority of our time, when we have more social media than Bible time and more time uh, in, with the world in front of us than with God in front of us, we're going to copy what we see. We're going to conform to what we see. And it says, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So he has a body and that's us. And he wants us to be submitted to the patterns of his mind and not the devil's mind. The devil is the ruler of over the power of the air of this world. He's in control of all the children of disobedience. The devil is in control of all the children of disobedience, those that don't follow God. And many of the makers of our social media and the movies, they're the ones that make that stuff. So if we subject ourselves to their thoughts, then we begin to behave like them. And he's saying that he wants a body that's submitted to the pattern of his mind. You see, it's his mind that moves his body. Our mind moves our body, but we must have his mind. His mind, God's mind, moves his body on earth, okay? Are we truly controlled by his mind? Do we know the difference between his thoughts and our thoughts? Every time we sin, we've used our own mind. We've got to remember that. God will never lead us to sin, nor will he tempt us with sin. We sin only because we want to. We sin because in that moment we become soulish and selfish. I want you to marry those two words, soulish and selfish. I only sin when I'm being selfish, when I'm putting me first, when I'm being soulish, when I'm spiritual, he's first, and I serve him. When I'm soulish, I'm selfish, and I serve me. All sin serves me. All righteousness serves him. So that's why Romans 12 and 1 says, give your body to God. Let's stand at this time. We are the body of Christ. We need each other desperately. And the power does not happen. Uh, he doesn't use us only in this building. He uses us more outside of this building because we're only here for a short time. So the body of Christ is moved by his spirit in this world. And he should be making an impact in the lives around us. So if you're a member of the body of Christ, then Jesus works where you work. If you're a member of the body of Christ, Jesus lives where you live. As a member of the body of Christ, every husband has the spirit of Jesus Christ for a wife, and every wife has the spirit of Jesus Christ for a husband. Why do marriages mess up, fall apart? Because somebody's being selfish and soulish. If two Christians get married, then they should both be spiritual and things work out. The reason I have conflict in my marriage is because I'm being selfish or soulish. 
Things work very well in my marriage when I'm being spiritual. Because that means Christ is in control. Anytime Damien touches anything, it turns to dirt. Because I'm no good. Only God is good. There is no good thing in us but God. So don't live by your soulish power. Live by the power of God. Here's what you are. You in flesh and blood have become an extension of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in body has left the earth for a while. He'll be back, but he's left for a while. But he sent his spirit to dwell among men. So the Holy Spirit is in me and he's in you as well. And now he's in control of this body. It's as if Jesus Christ planted his body in the ground as a seed so that it would multiply and become many. And that's how the body of Christ extended all over the world. If I could have uh, the elders come and pastors come at this time. We're going to pray with those who need prayer. Those who need salvation, those that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, you're able to come down and pray. Don't leave this church without knowing if you're a member of the body of Christ, because the whole entirety of the body of Christ will be saved. And God blessed you so much today. This is better than the Christmas present that you were able to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have the opportunity for your soul to be saved today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, if you need to repent, you've backslidden and you need to get back on track with God, you can come down here to this altar. Some of you have sicknesses in your body that need to be dealt with. The Bible says, Are there any, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and they will anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith over you and you shall be made whole and your sins forgiven as well. So if you got any sicknesses in your body and you want someone to pray over you, all you need is faith. All you need is faith to come down and say, would you pray for me today? I want you to know that no matter what the doctor said, he doesn't have the final say over your life. Only God does. I've seen cancer healed in this church. I've seen women that couldn't have babies have babies. I've seen many sicknesses and diseases not bring people to the end of their lives because God can do all things. With men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So at this time, if you need prayer for anything at all, really, you may come down to the altar and we will pray for you. Otherwise, very soon we're going to dismiss you. Please visit the table in the North Sanctuary, Precious. Our dear author and sister will be back there. Let's buy all of her books. Let's really bless her today. Otherwise, before you go, we are the body of Christ and we are to take care of each other, okay? And before you leave this place, I want you to ask God, is there someone in this room that...